Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yi Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. On this season of our show, we are diving headfirst into Malaysia's fine dining scene. So throughout the season, we'll be speaking with renowned chefs and industry peers throughout the country to learn about their journey, understand their cooking philosophies, and get an insider's look at the current state of the Malaysian food industry. Our guest for this episode is Johnson Wong, the chef owner of two restaurants in Penang, Gun and Communal Table. Gun is one of the three Malaysian restaurants that graced the prestigious Asia's 100 Best Restaurants list in 2021. And in the years since they've opened, the restaurant has only grown from strength to strength. So on today's episode, we'll hear about his story, get his perspective on the Malaysian food industry, and get an oral taste of Gun's best dishes. So without further ado, here's Johnson Wong. Hi Johnson, welcome onto the show. Hi Jun, hi everyone. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to to come on to our show today. Well, your restaurant, first of all, congrats on being one of the three Malaysian restaurants on the uh, Asia's uh, Top 100 list. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and just for the benefit of those who haven't heard of you or your restaurant before, can you give us a brief introduction to to yourself? Uh, so, Ken, the restaurant itself, we, as you, I mean, some of you may not know, we located in Penang, Georgetown. What we do is, my, I mean, mainly Malaysian produce driven and with my own interpretation, putting on the ingredient itself and we come up with a tasting menu, which, change, which, which we change like two, three months, depending on the season. Mm, yeah, so I saw like, yeah, your menu is definitely very Malaysian focused and Malaysian inspired and we'll, and we'll get to your food and, and the restaurant philosophy in a bit. But I wanted to talk about you personally. Can you tell us a bit about where you first... I guess, learn cooking and, and where do you gain inspiration and experience from? Uh, I, I mean, I did my cooking study at Australia and I worked there a few years and I traveled to, to Middle East for well, for some time and then Asia, back to Asia in Hong Kong and Macau, for some, I spent some time there. And before coming back to Malaysia, I also spent some time in Europe. So my cooking experience is like, uh, it's very global, so it's very electric as well, uh, mainly based on European or French technique. That's that's like, like my, my experience, like mainly for that, mainly focus on that before I started my own venture at which is Kern. So mm. what I'm doing now is actually quite different than what I have learned or studied as the whole career. Mm. Yeah, so I, I mean, I did a bit of research on you and your restaurant before this. And yeah, I see a lot of places mentioning like, oh, you used to work in Denmark and maybe in France. But uh, there's no like specific detail about like where in these places that, that you used to work. Were, were these like stages? Uh, yeah, what are some of the restaurants that you used to work at and draw the most inspiration from? I mean, I mean, we, we yeah, of course, there's a certain places, but like Norma, I used to start at Norma. At, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we did talk about after I started again, it's not like I, I try to avoid it, but I try to not too much, not talk too much about my past period because, as I say, it's very different than what we are currently doing at Gun. Yeah. So, unless like people really ask me, where did you work in Australia? Where did you start in Denmark? Then I, I, I told them, 
But mm. I, I, I think a lot of medias they still they still putting in like I use a touch because Norma Norma is have a lot of, like they like to use the Norma name and you know, all to try to put me in in the picture you know the always the introduction is like this guy used to work at Norma things like that and <laughs> uh, I believe a lot of people like to talk I mean it's easier to get the interest from the others but yeah for sure for me I always like to talk more about what I'm doing now you know. What currently mm. or this few years? What is the progress? Because even it's just four years. I mean, Gun is is it being for four years, but as there's a lot of progression, or is it, 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 it doesn't really matter. Like it's getting getting better or getting worse, but we have a lot of changes. Like depending, uh, uh the changes of the team or the ingredients and the dining scenes. Uh, I think is it has a lot of elements. It it go through the progression. So usually I. I prefer to talk about that, you know. It's not like I don't want to talk about my past experience unless the people ask because I don't like to to tell people like where where did I go. I mean, it's, it's like usually like people go for interview. They want to show like how this how impressive of the CV is. But for me, the my current the best identity is is gun. This is because this is what I'm doing now. So usually I love to talk about that rather than like. Uh, I used to start at Norma. I used to work with Paris, things like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about Gun. So you said there was a progression from when you first started four years ago to now, right? In terms of like the food that you cook and you serve, tell us about the whole journey since you began. Of course, it's, it's, as I mentioned, my background cooking or what I have started is very French or you can call it European. And that's why when I started Gun, which is going toward a di- different, or completely different dimension or directions. So for sure, that, that 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 was a big transition period for me. So when we started like four years ago at the old location, the, I mean, you, you can't just change things in, in, in just that moment. So it took us some time to, to make the whole changes. You know, when we started the menu, it was still like very European or has a lot of European or French fundamental and influence on that so that was first year i mean and after that i spent more of my time to i mean in malaysia and in this neighborhood or the Penang community and i know more people no matter the producer farmers or fishermen so the i would say the progression mainly come from there so it, it come from the times you, mm. you can see things i mean we're getting more local local of course in our own interpretation and ways to do things but we absorb much more like how locals un- or understand how they handle or how they eat or how they what what the culture of the ingredient itself you know so i think this time this thing you need, you need time so you can't just like you know convert this in, in, mm. in, in just just a couple of months it's not possible so it took us some time to figure out what actually gun cooking is and what wants to do for to put on a menu yeah that's what i say the progression or transition is mm, it's almost like a journey of self-discovery for your for yourself so mm. no i mean it's, it's just really need to spend time to to know the people and everything's come from the people mm, yeah i guess to give our listeners a, a bit of a flavor as to some of the some of the dishes some of the flavor profile of your restaurant can you tell us about one of the dishes 
that you've served. It could be like, you know, one one that people say is your signature dish or or one that has a special meaning to you perhaps or one that you're particularly proud of. Can you tell us about a dish and how did that dish come to be? We, for Kern, we don't, I mean, what we do at Kern, we don't really have a signature dishes in our restaurant, but because what we're focusing on if you go deeper, it's more likely because the restaurant is located in northern region. So we try to use as close as we can, you know, the things from northern region. And because for myself, you know, what does that definition for Malaysia produce is, it's like, okay, probably certain things not from Malaysia, but it's from southern Thai, but it's just like 100 kilometers away from you. Are you considered this as a local produce or you consider some things is from Sabah, which is like 1,000 kilometers from you? Yeah. So I think I, I, nothing is correct or wrong, but it's just like, I mean, the definition of local to the chef. So for us, we, we use ingredients mainly from this region. Well, I mean, we introduce the ingredients from other places sometimes. So the, the major the major taste profile, you, you will find a lot of the memories or things you can relate to the northern region flavor. And myself is from Johor, so uh, you can find a combination from that. Yeah, we, mm. we we don't really have a signature dish, but we we always have some favorite ingredient which I like to use for the menus, like ginger flower. We we work a lot with ginger flower and ginger, the ayatam ginger, because that's where mm. we are in nutmeg, because we are in Penang, like tamarind things like that. You know, where a lot of ulams, because these are the things you easily can find from the northern region and. A lot of seafoods, mainly like eighty percent of the menu are seafoods. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I've been hearing from a few food friends as well that have been like raving about your your duck dish. Um, <laughs> can you tell us a bit about your your duck and and what's the key to cooking your duck so well? Uh, actually, very simple. The the the, the thing is, we 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 dry edge it. It sounds very simple, but for dry aging, it's about the tasting. So, because everyone is using a different machine or different method to dry edge their products, so this thing you can't learn from the book, or you, you can you can get a reference from the book, but you can't like just take things completely or exactly from the books because the the environment is different, the machine is different. So, but this thing like aging stuff, especially a dry aging, is very much depending on the temperature and the humidity of the place. So mm. it only can come out from the best result for yourself through tasting. So we went like we went a couple of taste I mean quite a few tasting for a couple of months and then we found out the best solution for us for this place. Uh like the best temperature and best humidity to edge the ducks. That's how the result come out. I mean it sounds very simple but it's, it's, it's quite, it took us quite long to figure out how we actually have to edge it properly with the right mm. time right humidity. Right. So the dry aging part is the, is the key. I guess for the benefit of our listeners, so dry aging just means just leaving the, the piece of duck or, or could even be the whole duck in a very controlled environment with like controlled temperature and humidity to essentially like intensify or concentrate the, the flavors of, of the meat. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we, I mean, recently, lately, we did quite a few pop-up in KL or place, several places within Malaysia. We try that. I mean, we try to do that in the other places, but it, it just, the result just came out different. Even we mm-hmm. use one time, same, 
same methods, but we can we can re- still see the result has has quite a big difference between that. That's what I like. What I say, you know, it's depending on the place and the machine you use. It cut the result. It come out differently. You can't just use the same format and edge it in a tr- complete two different places or two different like whatever machine. Yeah. Like you really need to fine tune it based on your specific yeah. environment or the yeah, different kitchen you're working in. What you use to edge for the stuff or the place you're going to edge for the stuff. Mm, yeah. And another dish that that I found really interesting uh, that you have on your current menu and you also you also made it as a special over like the MCOs um, was your pineapple dessert well your pineapple tart which you had like soy sauce and like chili inside and and i feel like from the packaging itself it's seems like it's very inspired by like a mcdonald's apple pie right yeah can can you tell us a bit about that okay um okay we don't really have signature but this flavor combination is always on the menu the pineapple soy sauce and chili so why because when i was kid that was like one of the big time favorite my mother always giving to me after the dinner it's like my whole how called dessert you know, mm. this one and the other one is guava and sour plum. It's always, always these two can be my dessert after my meals. Mm. So this one, uh, basically what we, what I had is chunk of pineapples with a soy sauce and chili party. So that's how, that's, that's the version what I had. And I use this flavor profile and put on a menu. But whenever we change the menu, we try to twist it a bit, you know, we, we serve it in a different way. For last season, the last menu, I mean, we changed our menu, but for last menu, we put it in the pie box, the McDonald's pie look box, and so we be the chili soil reduction and, and pineapple, like coriander and chili infused pineapple gelato. That's how we serve. Why? Because uh, myself, uh, I love McDonald's. <laughs> I love McDonald's a lot. <laughs> no matter how I love McDonald's a lot, but yeah, that that's, and also because of the pandemic, we did it for the deliveries and after things open up we also accommodate to serve in the restaurants yeah why we do that i mean the main reason is still because i love madonna so <laughs> yeah i think i think that's really cool and like you, you know it speaks volumes that you know something as simple as as mcdonald's or your childhood memory can turn into such a a signature or like such a refined dish of of yours yeah, and, and speaking of McDonald's, right, I was speaking to uh, Chef Jun from Kikubari as well. Mm. And one of her more signature dishes was also inspired by McDonald's, which was her like Abikatsu burger that was like popular in, in uh, Japanese McDonald's. So wow, from like a few interviews that we, we did this season, already like two chefs got their inspiration from McDonald's. That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> because I believe mainly, I mean, Mostly Malaysian kids who, who who kids are growing up in Malaysia, they love McDonald's. Mm. Some of the chefs, after they grow up and they become the chef, they start to don't like McDonald's anymore. But I, I just I still like McDonald's because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You still have that that bit of childhood in you. Mm. Before we continue our conversation, we are going to take a quick break. Stay with us, you're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. I've been speaking with Johnson Wong, the chef owner at Gun Restaurant in Penang, 
We've been hearing about the flavours and some of the dishes that he's been known for at Gun, but now we're turning our focus to the Malaysian fine dining scene as a whole. And just a note, the audio might be a bit hard to make out at certain points in the recording, but it's worth listening to Chef Johnson's insider's perspective on the industry. So I hope you enjoy. Yeah, so switching our conversation um, to talking about the industry for a bit, uh, because that is what this whole season of uh, Breaking Bread is all about. Um, yeah, so I guess what's on people's minds for the past, I would say, three, four, or even longer years, um, it's that it, it seems like Malaysia's food scene is behind, uh, especially compared to our neighbors, Singapore and even places like Thailand, Vietnam, right? And so I just wanted to check with you as someone in the industry, what are your feelings or what are your thoughts on the Malaysia's uh, F&B industry? And, and why does it seem like we are playing this catch-up game with our neighbours? Um, actually, I feel these two years, it's a pandemic, I mean, but it actually gives a very, a very good chance for the local Malaysian covering up our feeling what the local dining scene is. So I think it's because of this pandemic, people get the chance to travel around, no matter like in the States or like in KL, even the restaurant is so close to you, but you never had a chance to, to try or, or check it out the place. Mm. Yeah, with you having worked at so many different places, right? Have you noticed anything that uh, the Malaysian food industry seems to be lacking or is like very different compared to like the food cultures in, in other countries? Yeah, for overall, that's how people see. But if you ask me, I, from, from my personal experience, when like I came back to Malaysia, like six years back, I, I wasn't so sure, I wasn't so sure, like, it, it, was that a right decision? But when I look back after the open ground for four years, and actually I, I feel like I never regret, you know, it's, it's, it's actually one of the best decisions that I made to coming back to Malaysia. I, I think it's about the thought of the people. If everyone don't want to come back and that that's the initiative. If no but no people want to put their first step up, nobody wants to do that. And for the consumer end, you know, that it's like okay, no one wants to do it and why do I spend my money for the people and for, for the dining series? I think it's not that interesting. Why do I why don't I spend my money to play so close to me like Singapore, Thailand or Hong Kong, wherever I can get a very easy access to just just go and buy the buy in the restaurant. So I think it's, it's we have to see things from the beginning. So in these two years, uh, it also gives a lot of chefs, you know, the chance to 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 stay in Malaysia and discover uh, because they couldn't go out and work. I actually actually a lot of chefs in KL. I mean, who like had opened their restaurant last year in 2020. In mainly like most of them because of the couldn't go out and work and they have to stay. Malaysia and figure out what they can do. So, and it actually move forward the whole dining scene in Malaysia much forward. Yeah, that's why I feel. Mm. And for you personally as well, and for for Gun, what is in twenty twenty two and and beyond, like the next few years? Do you have any big plans or or expansions in the coming years? Uh, I mean, our plan is. My plan for Gun is always move ourselves out from the city. You know, we want to go to the place where the project is, you know, like where I mean yeah, now we are beside the city, but it's still located in Josh now still considered city, but we want to have a restaurant beside the farm where we can get our 
probably just in five minutes and that 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 is all that that's always our our ambition for food. Mm, yeah, and with you as a chef as well, uh, just to end our conversation, are there any message or, or advice that you would give to the Malaysian public or, or the Malaysian food industry in general? Uh, I mean, r- rather than looking out, people out from this country, like, like oversee what they are doing, really, I mean, you should look more after like what our neighbors or people, restaurants in this community around us what they are doing and, and try to give them the help you know, if, if they need. I that's what I'm seeing in, in these two years and uh, Malaysia dining scene has never been so united than before. Uh, everyone's like start to be mm. friends and talk to each other and see whether if they need help and everyone's more than ready to give friends. I, I won't mm. say it never happened before but really I, I Malaysia dining scene really lack of that. I think that's one of the main reasons why you, you just mentioned that if you our dining suit is like way behind from our neighbors like Singapore or Thailand. So whenever people come to a restaurant, I mean why don't you just recommend your friends or your neighbors? Mm, yeah, so I guess look more inwards. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If you do that to people, people will do the same for you. I mean this is what we need at this moment and the future as well. Mm, yeah, and, and definitely, you know, I, I have also been seeing that more collaborative spirit between uh, restauranters and, and just the whole industry in general in, in the past few years. Mm, yeah, and that's really encouraging to, to see. And finally, uh, for those who have never been to your restaurant, I suppose, or never been to Penang to, to try our food, what are some must-haves or what, what are some tips that you have for first-time diners at, at Gun or even at communal table? Uh, for them, because we do only one menu, it's very much uh, depending on the season. Uh, with my own preparation as a Malaysian chef, so usually we we don't just cook for people for dinner or lunch. We we we, we give them an experience, like, uh, Malaysian experience in a different approach. So for them, depending on the season when you come for that, sometimes you get more people, sometimes you get uh, more food or more vegetables it's kind of it's very much depending on what uh, in another region what you can get from the back on the sea yeah. for, for community table it's much more casual uh, comfort food in a communal setting sharing plate it's, it's like for me it's like a platform for younger chef so whenever we see the potential for the chef you know, ready for the next move we always from the we always move to community table let them to try to come out with dishes, so that's why for me it's a some platform for our younger team members. Mm, yeah, that's that's really really good to hear as well. How how you're using communal table as like a platform for budding chefs to to come on. But yeah, yeah, for anyone that's uh, going to Penang, do check out Gun and communal table as well. And to you, Chef Johnson, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to share with us your your story and and what you're all about. Thank you, Andrew. That is all for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or on the BFM app. And if you're hungry for more food news and fun recipes, you can keep up to date with me on Instagram. I'm at Jun and Tonic. That's J-U-N dot A-N-D dot T-O-N-I-C. This is Jun signing off. You've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9.